So are all fruits and vegetables kosher? So firstly, what is kosher? We've mentioned this in other classes that we did about kosher. The Hebrew word kosher, or kosher is an Americanized um, Hebrew Ashkenazic pronunciation. Kosher is the way you'd say it in Ashkenazic pronunciation. In Sephardic, it would be kasher. And so it basically means okay. If something is kasher, it is okay. When it comes to food, and anything could be kosher, sometimes people use the term kosher in just in talk, it's kind of seeped into the English language as meaning okay, and that's actually the valid use of the word. Um, that's what it really means in its original meaning. Um, but it's often used referring to food, where the food is okay to eat, meaning okay whether it fits with the set of Jewish laws, Torah laws, as to um, that limit what we are allowed to eat. Now, most of the laws about what we're allowed to eat involve meat, fowl, fish, as we mentioned earlier. We're limited into which animals we could eat, how those animals are prepared, and even what foods can we eat together, particularly not eating milk and meat together. So animals and animal-based products, we're very limited. What about, yes? It's, it's not really how they're prepared, it's how they're slaughtered. So animals and birds all need to be slaughtered. They also need to not, have, not to be diseased, um, and we have a number of different types of problems that they could have that would render them non-kosher. Um, and a large percentage of animals that are slaughtered are not kosher because when we check the inside, they have, particularly on the lungs, they have um, a hole in the lungs or problems with the lungs that make that render them non-kosher. And, then, um, and then after that, we need to also salt uh, meat and fowl as well. So there's a lot of preparation to make kosher meat. It's quite a process. But not the way that they're prepared to eat once they are kosher. Only that we cannot mix it with milk. So um, we're also, so we're limited in that. But what about food that is not animal-based? Are all fruits and vegetables kosher? If someone serves you just fruits and vegetables, so you go to a restaurant that just serves fruits and vegetables, or you take a plate of just fruits and vegetables, can you eat it? Or the way the, the question is often phrased today, if someone is vegan, are they also, meaning they don't eat anything that has any animal base or anything that comes from animals at all, can you, uh, are they also kosher? The short answer is no, they are not automatically kosher. While fruits and vegetables are generally more likely to be kosher than meat, fowl, even fish, or meat, uh, or animal-based products, um, not all fruits and vegetables are necessarily kosher. And here are a few rules that we have to keep in mind before eating fruits and vegetables. I'm going to start with the least common, and then I'm going to move on to the most common. So firstly, some rules that apply for those that live in the land of Israel. If someone lives in the land of Israel, so every fruit, has to ha- every fruit and vegetable has to have certain tithes separated from them. It's... A little complex, the rules of the tithes that must be separated from the fruits and vegetables in Israel. Um, <coughs> but those tithes must be separated before eating from the fruits and vegetables. If the tithes were not separated in accordance with Jewish law, then those fruit and vegetables are not kosher. If an Arab owns the field, they don't need to separate tithes. But Shemitah can be a problem. Tithes, tithes, meaning certain fruit must be separated. There's a whole process of different things that have to be done to the fruit in, that grow in Israel before, that were grown in Israel before they're kosher to be eaten. There's certain things that have to be done to the fruit before they're able to be eaten. Tithes, in other words, there's certain tithe, tithes that have to be separated. Truma, miser, there's certain things that have to be separated from the fruit, and there's a process that has to be done, the exact process I'm not going to get into now. Um, it's complicated, and it will take us a while, and it's... I don't understand the word you're saying. Tithes. Tithes. T-I-T-H-E-S. Tithes. Tithes. Tithes, yes. Certain maaser. Truma and maaser. Certain 
fruits must be separated before. In other words, a portion of the fruit has to be separated before and certain things need to be done with it before they can be eaten. What needs to be done with it is for another time. Only in Israel. Only in Israel. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, not all Jewish farmers in Israel are careful to separate the tithes, the maser, as Jewish law requires. Therefore, in Israel... Every store selling fruit or vegetables must have kosher certification on the store that certifies that all the fruits and vegetables sold are kosher, that the maaser, the tithes, were all separated correctly. It's a complicated process and it was all done properly in accordance with Jewish law. This is only for fruit and vegetables that were grown in Israel. In addition, it is forbidden to plant or work the land of Israel every seven years during the Shemitah year. So when the Shemitah year comes, and the next one is going to be in the year 2021, 2020, uh, um, 2022, or um, 5782, uh, five, um, so in, we're now going into 5780, so in two more years is going to be the next one. One has to be careful that the fruits and vegetables were not grown in violation of the Shemitah laws. This, again, is only for fruits and vegetables grown in Israel. Now, even outside of Israel, such as, say, if you're in Europe, you have to be careful because fruits and vegetables in Europe tend to be imported, um, especially in Western Europe. And um, they can come from Israel, and if they usually say which country they come from, so you have to check where the fruits and vegetables come from. If they are coming from Israel, they have to be certified as kosher, otherwise you have a problem. In California, we live very far from Israel, and you will not see any fresh fruits or vegetables from Israel in California. Um, Only processed ones, which regardless, as we'll soon see, have other concerns. So that is not a concern for those, for those of us living in California. It is for anyone making a trip to Israel, as some of us plan to be doing um, next year in March. There is another law um, concerning fruit. This is particularly fruit. Um, that we are not allowed to eat fruit from a tree that is less than three years old. And that is called Arla. And this is fruit, any tree that is less than three years old anywhere, we are not allowed to eat fruit from a tree that's less than three years old. Now, generally, most fruit come from trees that are older than three years. Trees that are planted as a sapling will not produce fruit within the first three years. It takes a number of years for any tree to produce fruit. However, if a tree, a grown tree, was replanted, which sometimes people do generally, it's not done as much commercially, um, but it is done in people's backyards, then you cannot eat the fruit for three years. That's something to know for fruits and vegetables. If you purchase a fruit tree, a grown fruit tree, and it's planted a grown fruit tree in your yard, then you have to wait three years from when you planted it to be able to eat the fruit. Um, Fruit bought in the store, because it is very rare for fruit to actually come from a tree less than three years old, it is of no concern. We don't worry about it at all. Another concern that we need need to know about for um, fruit, and this is really not fruit itself, but a fruit product, is grape products. We are, um, we, grape products. The rules of kosher wine are very, very strict. Um, We have very strict rules about kosher wine, which is why most wine is not kosher. Um, We, I'm planning to do a class, hopefully in the near future, about kosher wine and what it takes to make kosher wine, but most Wine products are not, most great products are not kosher. It's very difficult to create, make the wine kosher. So any great products have also a problem of, have a whole separate problem. Now on top of all that, we have to note that all these problems that we mentioned are only for fresh food. When it comes to processed food, which is just about everything we buy and most of the things in the supermarkets are processed food. They're not fresh foods. So then we have, if it's processed, 
then we have a problem. Processed food would include um, not fresh frozen foods, should generally be okay if no ingredients were added, but processed foods would include anything that is dried, canned, cooked, um, has a problem. And we did a class some months ago about the modernization of kosher and how our um, kitchens have changed. A hundred years ago, there were a little over a hundred years ago, there were almost no processed foods. You went to a supermarket, you bought oil, flour, sugar, spices, um, all plain foods that were not processed at all. Um, today, you go to a, a fruits and vegetables. Today, you go to a supermarket. It has all these packaged foods. All those things are processed. You need to know what went into that food. Any pro so processed foods, therefore we've developed, and we did a whole class about how this developed and the history of it, uh, therefore we've de um, developed in this country a full system of kosher certification or agencies that go into certifying agencies that go into processing food processing plants to make sure that the food is processed in a kosher way. And there is no way you can know unless you're in the plant and you have expertise in food, um, uh, in modern food processing, there's no way you can know what is in that thing. The ingredients are often misleading and often do not in don't need to include very small amounts. Um, and so, and sometimes ingredients are things that you have no idea what they are. If you actually read the ingredients, some of them you cannot even pronounce sometimes. Um, and so it's important. So anything that has been processed, um, and that is whether packaged in a package that you buy in the supermarket or made in a restaurant that has been processed, um, you need to know what went into it. If someone, for example, serves you a salad, Unless it is a salad without any dressings whatsoever, you need to know it was dressed a salad. What went into that dressing? The things that were used to go in, the, the dressing the, or the ingredients for the dressing themselves may not be kosher, may have a product that comes from a non-kosher animal, an insect or um, something else. Um, a common problem uh, that people are unaware of is gelatin. Right? Gelatin goes into um, many, many forms of processed foods um, and things that you would be totally surprised about. And I mentioned this when we did the class about processed foods. Um, for example, apple juice is made with gelatin. Apple juice is made with gelatin. No, because the gelatin is taken out. So when you squeeze apples, if you ever try squeezing apples at home, you can't get rid of the pieces because apple pieces are very, very fine. And so no matter how much you strain it, you'll still have apple pieces. So you can't strain out the apple pieces. So the way we get rid of the apple pieces is we put in gelatin and then the apple pieces stick to the gelatin and then you could strain it out. So it uses gelatin. Now gelatin, most gelatin would not be kosher unless it comes from a kosher, well, getting gelatin from kosher meat is difficult because kosher meat is very expensive and you're trying to commercially produce it. So it would come from kosher fish. So fish gelatin is generally used in all kosher products. But you have to know what's, what was used. And that's just one example. Um, a, someone who works in kosher certification told me that a flavoring, uh, flavorings are very, very complicated, and it's a very, very unique Field, and a flavoring can have hundreds or even thousands of ingredients and you that perfect that flavoring. And you need to know exactly what went into that flavoring um, to know if it is kosher. Um, and even within the kosher certifying expertise, there's a unique expertise that people have to certify flavorings because of the many ingredients that they involve. So you have to know, so processed foods, even if it's a salad, if it's processed, if something was added to it, then you've got to make sure that it's certified. You've got to know exactly what was added and make sure that everything that was added to it was certified. If it's a salad that's cut in the knife, that's not That's another problem. Very good. Then the further problem that we have for fruits and vegetables, even if it is not processed, 
if it, it can be used with non-kosher utensils. So, generally, non-kosher utensils, say if something is put in a non-kosher cup or a non-kosher bowl or plate, that is fine so long as everything is cold. So long as it's cold, that is okay. Because non-kosher utensils can only transfer um, uh, non-kosher food that is absorbed in the utensil because it, it only gets transferred through heat. If it's cold, nothing's going to transfer. So generally, non-kosher utensils are okay if they're cold. We don't use non-kosher utensils. Um, try to avoid using non-kosher utensils even for cold things, but it won't make it non-kosher. But there is an exception. There is an exception. The exception is a knife. A knife. A knife. Because a knife uses pressure when it cuts, because it's using pressure, that pressure um, allows a non-kosher residue that's, was, that's on the knife, that's in the knife, um, to seep into the food. So something that was cut with a non-kosher knife um, needs to be, um, you cannot eat the part that was cut. So in other words, it needs to be peeled off, just that part that touched the knife. Um, so as a rule, even cut fruits and vegetables can be a problem if they are cut with a knife that is also used to cut non-kosher foods. And that is a big if. Because if you buy commercial fruits and vegetables um, in most supermarkets, they are not cutting the fruits and vegetables in their kitchen but they're cutting them in machines that are specially made just for fruits and vegetables. So then you have no problem. Those commercially cut fruits and vegetables are generally not a problem um, if you're buying f cut fruits from Ralph's. But if you buy cut fruits and if you get cut, fr cut fruits and vegetables in a restaurant or in somebody's home that's not kosher, then if they're using a non-kosher knife, then the fruits and vegetables, at least the parts that touch the knife, would not be kosher as well. Yes, but if you cut it, every piece that was cut can be non-kosher. So that's you got a lot of non-kosher in there. Every piece you cut, it's not less than one sixtieth of the part of the piece that it touched. So, in summary, fruits and vegetables can be problematic if they come from Israel, because of extra rules that there are in Israel. If there is a wine product. If they are processed in any way or have any other ingredients besides the basic fruits and vegetables, if they're cooked or if they're cut with any non-kosher utensils, they can be a problem. What about fresh fruits and vegetables that are not from Israel, not processed, not cooked, and not cut? Fresh, fruit, fresh fruits and vegetables that you buy from the store. Are they Kosher, automatically. Not necessarily. There is one more problem that we have to be aware of. And that is the problem of bugs or insects. The Torah in, the Torah in this week's parsha tells us, and earlier in, in Leviticus, tells us that all insects, with the exception with a few species of grasshoppers, are forbidden for us to eat. We're not allowed to eat insects. And so we are forbidden by extension to eat any fruit or vegetables or any food that has bugs in them. We are not allowed to eat. Many of your common fruits and vegetables have bugs in them. And unless you are looking for them, you will not usually see them. They hide. So, if you notice a bug, you must remove the bug. And we must check our fruits and vegetables, at least those that commonly have bugs, we must check them before eating them. So, we're forbidden from eating any fruit or vegetable that is likely to have bugs without a thorough checking first. Now, who should check it? Can anyone check it? 
So as a rule, when it comes to kosher, only Jews that keep kosher can be trusted when it comes to kosher. Even someone who's not Jewish or somebody who does not keep kosher, even though they're generally a trustworthy person whom you would trust your life with, and you would trust your life savings with, even though they're a very trustworthy person, the pilot of your airline, um, uh, whomever else it may be, they may be very trustworthy, but if they don't appreciate the importance of kosher, they may think, oh, it's no big deal. It doesn't matter if I'm not that careful because they don't keep it themselves. So therefore, um, only somebody who themselves keeps kosher can be trusted for to check fruit and vegetables that are kosher. And therefore, every kosher restaurant and every kosher food establishment will have a mashkiach, which is essentially a kosher supervisor, and who supervises for many different things to make sure that all the ingredients used are kosher and make sure nobody cheats and brings something that they shouldn't be bringing in. Um, they also have to check, for example, um, eggs have to be checked to make sure they have no blood spot. And also part of the mashkiach, the supervisor's role, is to check the fruits and vegetables for bugs. So how... So what exactly needs to be checked and how do we check our fruits and veg- ve- how do we check our fruits and sorry So first a few rules when it comes to kosher somebody mentioned this earlier we have a 1 in 60 rule which means that if something non-kosher is so small that it's less than 1 in 60 of the kosher food, the mixture is generally kosher. There's some exceptions to that rule, but that's a general rule. One of the exceptions to that rule is bugs. Why? When, if, a, if a bug is cut into pieces, pieces of bug have the same 1 in 60 rule, Nothing to worry about. However, a whole bug, a whole bug does not. A whole bug, even if it's smaller than 1 in 60, can still make the entire thing you are eating non-kosher. No matter how small the bug is, if it is whole, even if it's dead, we are forbidden from eating the food with that bug in it. Therefore... If we are checking fresh fruit, if we are eating fresh fruits and vegetables, um, whole or cut, they must be checked. If we are blending or cooking fruits and vegetables, we are much less concerned, since the insects will end up in pieces. When they end up in pieces, they do not count anymore. So therefore, you do not have to check in the same way if you are blending it as if you are cooking it as if you are eating fresh. Yes, Annette. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. So now, of course, if you were to take a microscope on any food or drink, you will see endless microscopic peak, um, um, creatures in there. There are... Sorry? If you have microscopic creatures, then they may be technically bugs. And to be clear, only insects... Only, only insects are forbidden um, to eat. Bacteria or yeasts are not forbidden to eat. In fact, we eat many things that have bacteria and yeasts in them, such as yogurts, right, or cheeses. Um, we eat many things with bacteria in them. That's fine. We're not forbidden from eating bacteria, and there's actually no way you can get rid of bacteria, um, but entirely um, in your food, that is. 
Um, but we can, so we can eat bacteria, but we're only forbidden from eating insects. Even insects, we are only forbidden, there are many microscopic insects, but we're only forbidden from eating insects that are large enough to see with a naked eye. Microscopic insects or even eggs that are microscopic of insects that once they grow are no longer microscopic. If they're too small to see with the naked eye, they are of no concern to us. What about testing in New York with the microscopic stuff in the water? We'll talk about it after. So what do we then have to check? What do we look for? So I have over here a paper um, that I have put together. Um, I'm going to pass it, I guess, on both sides. And um, it's the paper here. This is from the OU. You can see, get on their website. It is two pages. So make sure everybody gets both pages. Please pass them around, and we could go through some specifics of exactly what and how we have to check. Um, sweeteners and honey aren't generally a problem. Honey can have bee legs in them. Bee legs are not entire insects, and so therefore it's generally not a problem. Yes. Yes. So you go to a kosher store, or it could be any supermarket for that matter. You buy fresh fruits and vegetables. They are not kosher unless you. Well, let me try this again. I'm going to try going live again. So you buy you buy fruits and vegetables in a store. They are not kosher unless you. Um, check for the following. And here are a few examples. Firstly, starting from the page one over here, um, first fresh fruits and vegetables. We have artichokes. Now artichokes, um, we've been eating for a very long time, but they tend to have bugs inside. And you really need to spread apart the leaves in order to um, in order to eat artichokes, you really need to spread apart the leaves and check around each leaf, particularly at the bottom, in order to see if they are kosher. Asparagus is also a problem. They tend to have bugs inside. The, there's like those little tips toward the bottom, on the bottom half of the asparagus. Inside those like little tips that stick out, they tend to have bugs hiding in there. There's no way to check it without cutting off those tips. So you have to cut off those tips and wash well before you eat it. Um, beans. Beans must be checked as well um, because they generally also... Um, beans must be checked as well. They generally also have... Uh, they can have bugs. And not only beans. Um, beans, uh, rice, and most small grains that you buy have bugs. My wife calls them pantry bugs. I'm not sure what their real name is. Um, but they tend to infest in your pantry. They often come in the closed packages. And firstly, you, could check, you should check them before you open the package because if there is a worm inside, it's going to infest your pantry. I'm sure we've all had those before in our pantries and they're very difficult to get rid of. Once you do have infestation, you have to clean out every single corner in your pantry and they hide between the shelves and you've got to take out each shelf. Uh, we had it a year or two ago. So, so, so are worms treated the same as insects? Yes, worms are insects. Yes, 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 yes. Any, any creature. Yes, worms are the same. The other thing is make sure when you open up the package that you put it in a plastic bag. Yes, yes, you should seal packages. Yes. Yes, but they tend to have um, they tend to have bugs. You should check every package you buy from the store before you open it or when you open it straight away to make sure there are no worms in there. These little white worms, um, they tend to be, and they come from the factories, and uh, they tend to have them. You've got to be careful that they don't have them. Um, then broccoli. Broccoli is a little bit um, complicated. Um, 
the, they, you have to cut off every little branch of the broccoli and you have to then really soak um, the branches and uh, separate them a little bit because the bugs tend to hide in between if you soak them in water with a little bit of dish soap um, for a couple minutes then they will usually the bugs will usually fall off and rise to the top the soap kind of makes it slippery and they lose their grip and then they fall you have to separate it though because they could get stuck in the leaves and then they can come then you'll see they'll come up to the top and you'll actually see sometimes when you separate them you'll actually see the bugs float to the top of the water so you'll actually see the bugs at the top of the water um cabbage again in the outer leaves um tends to have as well tends to have bugs you've got to check the couple outer leaves you've got to check each leaf now in the cabbage there's a lot of crevices so you've got to be careful you've got to check each crevice um, for bugs usually they'll come off when you wash them they'll come off straight away um, but you've got to make sure you get into each crack and crevice within those outer leaves of the of the cabbage yes so one at a time are you allowed to like, have your Not if they don't keep kosher themselves. Okay, I so check our uh, things here for bugs in the morning before. Okay, so if you own a restaurant, you, you gotta have someone. Yeah, you need a mashkiach that's gonna do the bug checking, yes. Yes. Pre washed was not pre checked. You can, though, if you. Go to the kosher stores on the west side or Western Kosher that delivers here every Tuesday. If anyone need, wants to get kosher, you can get kosher food delivered from They have a website, westernkosher.com. If you put it in order by Monday night, you get a delivery Tuesday afternoon every week. Um, but you can order from the kosher stores. There's a brand called Bodek. And Bodek is not pre-washed, but it's pre-certified checked. So pre-washed is not checked. It's washed and still has bucks. You need pre-certified checked. So it's called Bodek. Bodek, B-O-D-E-K. We check ours. They're expensive. We don't get the pre-checked are very expensive because you're paying for the checking. So we usually buy and check it ourselves. You buy from any supermarket you like. Just check it. Just fruits and vegetables. Yes. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Let's, let's try to keep in order. I'm, I'm on the second side of the first page. Um, so, so again, cabbage, you've got to check the first few leaves inside the crevices. It's very hard to check. Sometimes you'll break it. If you need whole leaves, you can't use those first few leaves. You'll have to break it sometimes because they're, they're kind of hard. And when you check inside the crevices, it's hard to do it without breaking it. Um, cauliflower. Um, again, you have to um, separate the pieces from the stem. Um, separate each piece separately. And then, um, then you have to um, wash it thoroughly. Um, actually, think, well, we actually soak it as well a little bit, to, like, for the, like for the broccoli, to allow the bugs to go up. I think other... Um, I think, I think it's better. And here they just require you to wash it thoroughly, but you do need to separate it. Yes? What about all the chemicals that are added into the municipal water supply? That is a very good question. As far as I know, the chemicals that are added, and I don't know which chemicals are added other than fluoride. Um, Chlorine, chloramine. As far as I know, none of them have any non-kosher-based ingredients. Sorry? But even if you kill them, you cannot eat a whole bug. You've got to get rid of it. Killing it's not good enough. They're usually actually dead by the time they get to your kitchen. Sometimes you find a live one, but they're usually dead. Also, it's a distinction between commercial produce and organic produce. Organic will have more Organic tends to have more bugs. 
Because, well, because organic pesticides don't work as well. Yeah. Um, organic tends to have more bugs. You also, with time, begin to notice different stores as well because they have different suppliers. And a lot depends on where they come from, the farms that they're coming from. And even from state or region to region, it makes a big difference. So you'll, you'll, so it, you'll often see that certain fruits and vegetables from California tend to have more bugs, while fruits and vegetables in other states, different types, tend to have other kinds of bugs. So it matters also where they come from a lot. No, you just get rid of the bug. You could still eat the broccoli. But let me be very clear. You just have to take out the bugs. Oh, if you find a lot of bugs, then if you find more than three bugs, then there's probably more in there. Okay, so if there's three bugs in there and I'm not... Then you could give it to your non-Jewish... Yes, absolutely, like anything non-kosher. Yes. You give it to your domesticated pet. Yes, or your pet, yes. Yes. Yes, one at a time. Stephen. So if you're buying... I don't know what frozen Bro- florets. Oh, we'll get to frozen in a moment. Okay. Yes. Vegetable washes. We have to check the ingredients with vegetable wash. Vegetable wash. You have to check the ingredient, make sure it's kosher. Um, you know, you you it, you probably don't because it's going to be um, washed off. Um, and I don't think they're generally non-kosher. Um, you have to know what goes into different chemicals. Um, most, as far as I know, most chemicals used in soaps and detergents are generally kosher. Um, they used to, years ago, use um, fats, um, but they don't, that's not used anymore. Um, so then just moving down this list, celery. Um, celery is usually not that bad. It's rare to find bugs in celery. Uh, but you have to remove the leaves. Um, and we don't eat the celery leaves usually, right? You eat the stems. So, you eat the leaves? Okay. So, okay. So, you do? Okay. All right. So, um, you put it under water, you brush down both sides, you should be fine. Um, the um, endives um, also don't usually just have to take off the leaves. Um, now, herbs are a problem um, because, and if they mention over here, um, they don't mention here, like mint or um, what's it called? Basil. Basil. Um, these small things, small kind of, so often they're kind of come in big bunches and worms kind of hide inside them or bugs hide inside them. So you have to soak um, for a little while and then brush it around, and the bugs again will kind of release, be released and float to the top. Um, now lettuce, um, so iceberg lettuce is generally closed. So they'll only get into the few outer layers. You really only have to check the few outer layers. Um, as we'll see in a moment, the other kind, open lettuce is much worse. Um, mushrooms, um, so firstly they have to be washed Bugs often hide kind of on the inside of the mushrooms. Um, you have to break them apart and check the base, um, where like under those little black things, um, because and the intersections. That's where you'll generally find. Um, that's where you'll generally find them. So you got to pull out that stem and make sure um, that there's nothing there. Um, moving on to page two. Um, where the one that side that says fresh vegetables. So um, first we have open leaf lettuce. Um, so open leaf lettuce is full of bugs. I can tell you that. I just checked the lettuce this morning that we're eating right now. Lettuce, I didn't find any this morning, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I, we check lettuce all the time. Uh, actually, our grandparents, even though lettuce was widely available in Europe, our grandparents used to, I know my grandparents used to avoid eating lettuce because they're so difficult to check. Today we know how healthy they are, open leaf lettuce, um, like red lettuce or romaine lettuce. And so um, it's a good idea. It's good to eat. We know it's very healthy. You just have to check them really carefully. They have these um, um, aphids, which are thrips, which are little, they could have little black bugs, um, but they also have these little green bugs which really camouflage on the lettuce, and they're very hard to see. Um, 
and so little green bugs, they're tiny. And um, if you can't see it, you shouldn't worry. They're hard to see because they camouflage, but they're large enough to see. You do see them when you look carefully, but if you look through it too quickly, you won't notice them, and you have to have a good enough light to be able to see them. Um, and so, and because the lettuce is open, they go all the way inside. And so, you really need to check. And lettuce, you find them very often, especially organic lettuce. Um, most organic lettuce has it. Uh, we stopped buying lettuce from Sprouts because even their non-organic lettuce tends to be full of bugs. We, I buy from Ralph's now. They tend to be better. Um, but, yeah, lettuce, the open-leaf lettuce are among the worst. They are full of bugs. Does kale fit with open-leaf Sorry? It fits with the spinach. That fits yeah. With the spinach. Oh. Sorry? And kale. Is, is kale the same as? Yeah. Okay. So then onions. Onions. You just have to check the top, the tips, and the outer uh, and the outer layers. You just have to oh, after taking off kind of the the shell of the onion. You also have to take off the outer layer as well. Um, so scallions also. You have to um, really rub them. Um, same kind of thing, and then those thin layers at the top, you've got to check inside those layers to make sure if um, there's any bugs found. Sorry? I don't know. I don't think garlic generally has bugs. I don't think they have. Not all, not all fruits and vegetables have bugs. Um, Garlic has mold. I don't think garlic normally has bugs, as far as I know. Okay. So talk about that later. So um, it's just spinach, um, and I, I think kale is the same. Um, here it says um, to move that uh, thing them in water I think you can also check them by it might be faster if you're doing a large amount of spinach um, you can also check them simply by eyesight check each leaf um, and um, you could check them pretty quickly because they're pretty flat they're very easy to check um, they don't tend to have bugs the spinach and um, they don't generally have bugs they still need to be checked because they could have bugs especially if you have kind of a bunch of spinach um, if it's in a bunch sometimes the bugs just get thrown in with everything else. Sorry? Thrifts? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess probably any leafy vegetable is a problem. I never ate beet tops. Uh, any leafy vegetable could be a problem. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. So then moving on to frozen um, vegetables. Some people asked before. Um, frozen asparagus. So frozen's a lot more problematic because it's very hard to check frozen stuff and it's hard to shake. You can't really soak it. It's hard to shake the things off. Um, so um, fl frozen asparagus. Um, here they say not recommended. Um, it's hard to get the thrips out. The broccoli, I guess if you thaw it out, you might be able to... Um, Did you, you say that cutting would cause the pieces and avoid the problem? And once you're getting into frozen, a lot of things, like florets by definition, you're cutting. You're concerned about the knife being non-kosher? Nope. What you are you said, concerned? You said when you process the vegetables, and cutting is a kind of processing, would that... Only if it's problem? something that would make you certain that the bug is no longer whole. And so that would only be if you blend it, right? Um, if you blend it, if you cook it, um, so otherwise the bug's not going to be... So depending on how you're cooking, if you're cooking it, um, if, it's, if you're just boiling it, the bug could still sit there and nothing could happen, you know, and still be as is. You really have to be mixing it into something and blending it in order to cut up the bugs. So um, anyway, frozen broccoli, you have to thaw it out. Um, same, uh, um, same with the cauliflower, you've got to do the same. Um, moving on, here it has artichoke hearts. Um, it says avoid um, completely. In general, um, sorry? The, the hearts are 
the heart is at the base of the, of the artichoke, and it's completely encased. It, it's a solid piece, so it's not like a leaf. I don't know. I don't know why the frozen are worse. I don't know. Um, no, sorry, I'm on the wrong page. I, am I? No. No, I went to the, No, I'm on the right page. Yeah, okay, fine. And asparagus frozen. Why did I have frozen asparagus twice? All right. So anyway, then uh, one thing that they don't mention here, I'm not sure why, that's very important, is Brussels sprouts. Um, Brussels sprouts are infested with bugs. And there is no way to check Brussels sprouts without taking off every single leaf. Um, and they very, very often have bugs in them, and the bugs get all the way inside, and so whole Brussels sprouts are generally a problem. I haven't heard you say anything about beets. Beets? Beets, as far as I know, are not a problem. Um, now, potatoes, beets... Um, sweet potatoes um, and most other larger fruits and vegetables, non-leafy. Um, they could have worms. They don't usually, today, they usually filter out the wormy ones before they get to the store. It's rare to find a potato or a um, fruit or vegetable with worms on them today. Um, you know, large fruits, of carrots or um, um, parsnip. or um, it's, lar- it's generally un- rare to find them. Um, sorry? I don't know. Um, it's generally rare to find it. But if you see them, it's a problem. Now you said that preparing kosher wine is very... That's a subject for another time. Right. What about just the grapes? Grapes is fine. Grapes is fine. You just have to check. Grapes tend to be wormy. So you've got to really check and watch the grapes. Um, you have to check and watch the grapes. And let's move on to other fruit. Um, so just the fruit and vegetables are generally, large fruit and large vegetables are generally fine. The small fruit is where you have a problem. Um, blackberries and raspberries are a huge problem. They tend to have bugs. Um, personally, I haven't found bugs in blackberries and raspberries. I haven't checked all that many myself. They tend to have bugs. Um, generally, kosher certification don't allow fresh blackberries and raspberries to be used at all um, because there's no way to check them. But if they are blended, raspberries and blended blackberries are fine because, or jams where they're blended, those are fine because if there are any bugs, they are not whole. And then we go back to our 1 in 60 rule. But whole raspberries and blackberries, um, apparently there's no real way to get rid of the bugs. Um, blueberries are much easier. You just have to really check and wash the blueberries. As long as they're washed well, um, you sometimes at the very top you could find a little bug. Um, strawberries um, can are a big problem. Strawberries tend to have bugs. They're usually in the green thing at the top. You have to cut off the stem. Never serve strawberries with the stem. With the stem, always cut off the whole entire stem, um, and then you just wash the outside, and then you should be okay. Um, They get to them. You never found bugs. Okay. Uh, And you don't use any pesticides, I assume. And so, let me just conclude. So, just then finally, dried fruit, and this is important. um, Dates with pits don't, pitted dates, which is probably most of what you buy if you eat dates, um, are not a problem because the bugs are usually on the pit, and the pitted date essentially takes out a whole chunk of the date. The machine pulls out the whole center of the date, and so you're usually fine um, if you're, they're pitted dates. Figs, though, are a problem. California figs don't usually have bugs. Turkish figs usually do have bugs. Very, very often, they're worms. You have to slice the fig and check for worms. Um, I've seen, I'm not a big fig eater, but I had a friend that used to show me when he would eat figs. He was into figs. And he would show me, he would check each one before he ate. You have to check each one inside before you eat it. There often you'll find these dead worms inside. They're very small, uh, but you'll see them inside the fig. Uh, when you cut it up, if you just eat it without looking, you'll never notice it. So we've got to be really careful. 
um, not to eat bugs, and so we need to check all our fruit and vegetables. I mean, all the leafy ones, the ones that commonly have bugs, need to be properly checked um, for bugs. Now, when... Coating? We should wash it off. Very good point. Stephen added a very important point that you do use wax coatings in um, some fruit and vegetables today, especially in the fancier stores. Um, those wax coatings could be non-kosher. Um, you should wash off anyway. They're, they're not necessarily so healthy either. You should wash your fruit and vegetables regardless before eating them. Uh, and they come off easily with when you wash them. So... So, let me just conclude. So the Torah, the Torah tells us, when it tells us not to eat insects, it tells us not to disgust ourselves by eating in- insects. And the Hebrew word for insects is actually shkatsim. Shkatsim are insects, which is the same word for disgusting. And... <laughs> And that is because the Torah says that insects, we have a disgust for insects, and through our aversion to insects, says the Torah, that makes us holy. That makes us, by keeping yourselves away from being disgusted by insects, you are holy and unique. And in a sense, being careful about insects is more meaningful than the other rules of kosher because it shows that we don't only care about what we eat, which is very important, which in general kosher teaches us, but it shows that we care about the smallest details. They're tiny. Who cares? Who would notice it? You don't see it. And it teaches us in general in life the importance and part central to Judaism is the care and concern for the smallest detail. People don't usually start doing bad by committing major crimes. They usually start doing very, very small things. You do something small, and then one thing leads to the next, and one thing leads to the next. So we start. So we have to be very careful, even on the smallest things. And therefore, people often ask, "Does God really care if I do this little thing, or I mess up over here in this little thing?" And yes, we believe God cares even about the smallest things. And what makes our people holy, tells us the Torah, is our concern for insects, our concern even for the tiniest small things. What makes us unique as Jews is that we are disgusted and concerned about even the smallest problem, and that is what makes us God's holy people.